You're listening to Radio Maria, a Christian voice in your home. We now bring you Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death with Jim Sedlak. Hello and welcome to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death. This program is intended for all those involved in the struggle to build a culture of life in the United States. Each week we bring you up-to-date information on what is happening here in the United States and we frequently have guests as we do today to bring you relevant information. But before we get started with today's show, we want to begin our program the way we always begin our program, and that is by asking you to say a Hail Mary together with me to ask the Blessed Mother to shower God's graces on all involved in today's program so that our discussion will lead us to the message that she wants each of us to get at this moment. And so if you would join me, please. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for saying that prayer with me. It is always a good idea, whenever you start a new activity during the day, to start that activity by saying a Hail Mary, to call on the Blessed Mother, to shower God's graces on what it is that you want to do. Today we have a, a special guest on our show. Uh, about a year ago, American Life League uh, began a, uh, a project called the Marion Blue Wave. And uh, it has been one that is with growing success throughout the year. And today we've invited on our program the director of the Marion Blue Wave uh, for American Life League. And her name is Katie Brown. And Katie, welcome to the show. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, it's, it's great to have you on. Uh, we have talked about the Marion Blue Wave before on this show, but many of our listeners may not be familiar with it. So if we could start out by you just describing what is this thing called the Marion Blue Wave? Sure. So the Marion Blue Wave, as you said, is a project of the American Life League. And what it is, is it's a call to Catholics across the United States and across the world at this point to say a rosary once a week for the specific intention of ending all types of abortion and shutting down all Planned Parenthood and abortion facilities in the United States. Well, that's that's a hefty task. Yes, it is. All right. Uh, well, it was when when was the uh, the effort launched? Sure. So, like like you said, it was launched about a year ago, but it was actually inspired months before that in January of 2019. So, at the time, there was I mean, as you know, kind of it has been since there's been a lot of you know, anti-Christian, anti-Catholic things going on in the country. And so at the time, Bishop Strickland, who's the bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, tweeted out something along the lines of, we need a Marian blue wave to end abortion in our country. And so American Life League saw this tweet and was kind of inspired by that, that phrase, the Marian blue wave, because you hear the phrase blue wave and what do you think? You think the Democratic Party. And so we took the Marian blue wave and we turned into this cult to Catholics to end abortion. Um, and so with the help of Bishop Strickland and a couple of other people, we created this project. And like you said, it launched a year ago. It launched, I believe, the 7th of October in 2019. And since then, we have just continued to grow and to flourish. And we've seen so much positivity come from our supporters and, you know, the different bishops and even a, a cardinal who has, in, who has endorsed us. And we're just very blessed uh, that we've come so far in such a short amount of time. 
Well, that was fantastic. I remember when when American Life League announced it, um, you you did it by way of a webinar, something that is becoming much more popular today in the light of the pandemic uh, Mm -hmm. than it was, you know, a year ago. But I know you you set out a goal of uh, having a thousand people sign up to uh, to uh, do a rosary a week um, for the intentions of the Marian Blue Wave. Um, how did you do on, on that goal of a 1,000 people in a week? So we actually ended up surpassing our goal. And I think the most surprising part about when we initially started is we had just kind of set this out for America. Our goal was to end abortion in the United States. And almost immediately, we got so much response on a global scale. And at this point, we have glo- uh, we have supporters in over 31 different countries across the United States. And so I think one of the most surprising things is, yes, not only did we surpass our goal of a 1,000 people, but we ended up getting supporters on pretty much every continent on the on the planet, uh, which I don't think any of us saw coming and was pretty exciting when it happened. Well, that is fantastic. So so people all over the world right now are yes. participating in, in the Marian Blue Wave um, and, um, you know, just just obviously a, a thrust that was blessed by our Blessed Mother. And, um, you know, so so how I mean, how do you represent? I know we talk about a Marian blue wave, but is there a physical representation of the blue wave that that people can see? There is. So when you think blue wave, I know a lot of people think ocean, but our blue wave is actually on our website. We have a physical map of the United States and our blue wave is every dot of supporters that we have goes on that map. So when you join, you give us your zip code address and it goes onto our map. And so you can see physically how many people are praying at that moment for an end to abortion in the United States. And so our map started out with, you know, a couple dots here and there, and it has grown into an actual wave that covers the entire U.S. and, you know, different parts of the world at this point. So it really is a physical wave when you think about it, which is which is pretty cool. And one of the other interesting features of this map that we have and it's well, it's constantly updating too. So if, if nobody has seen it, I invite you to please check it out because it's a pretty cool thing to see. But one of the interesting features that we have is we also have all of the Planned Parenthood and abortion facilities on our map as well. So you can get an idea of you know how many people are praying for an end to abortion versus how many Planned Parenthood clinics there are across the United States. Which, when you're praying for something you know this important, it's I think it's very important to see just what you're praying for because it's one thing to hear a number tossed out like you know say 50 some Planned Parenthood but then to actually see it across the United States laid out and you know to see maybe your home state and to say oh well that's where I live and see that there's you know maybe 10 or 12 Planned Parenthood facilities around you that you had no idea about so I think our map is important because it shows how many people we have supporting us and how many people we have praying but it also is a it's a very good reminder of exactly what we're praying for when when you uh, uh, started this out uh and, and you had this initial, obviously, major hit of over a 1,000 people signing up in just one mm-hmm. week. Um, has it died out, or do you still have, have people uh, signing up for it? We still have people signing up for it. So we right now we're, we're about 3,000 people in, and we've seen over, I mean, over the last couple of months with the pandemic and, and everything that's been going on in the United States, we've been hosting monthly virtual live rosaries on Facebook Live. So this is, you know, something that has actually brought in even more people because since we're on Facebook, maybe people haven't heard about us. So once they see this live rosary that we do, that, you know, is a is something that has drawn more people in. 
And then, well, how you sign up is online, but we have also added a phone number extension to where if somebody wants to sign up who maybe doesn't have internet access or, you know, just doesn't really go on the computer that often, they can actually call me at my office number and I'll add them to our map as well. So ever since we've added that phone feature, we've actually been, our numbers have grown quite rapidly since we've added that phone feature, which is something interesting that I didn't think would be as popular as it is, but it's cool that, you know, people have so many different ways that they can sign up and join the Marion Blue Wave. Fantastic. You know, on a, on a radio show like this, we have people who tune in and tune out during the show. So although we've got a little, we're, um, a lot more to talk about, could you give uh, my audience uh, how to sign up if, if they're saying right now, oh, I want to sign up for that? Give them the, the various ways where they should go or, or the number to call. Of course. So if you want to sign up online, you can visit our website, which is marionbluewave.com. And once you go to our website, over on the right-hand side, there's a little side column. And in that side column, there's a button that says, Make My Rosary Commitment. And all you do is click on that, and it'll take you to the page where you fill out the information, which is just your name and your address and your email. And then that'll sign you up right there, and it'll send you an email confirmation to let you know that you've joined. But say you don't have Internet access and you'd still like to join, you can email me. Uh, well, actually, I guess you couldn't email me if you don't have internet access, but you can call my office here, my office phone here, which is 540-659-4171, and my extension is 108. So you have a couple different ways that you can join. You can either join on our website, which, like I said, is marionbluewave.com, or you can call my number, which, again, is 540-659-4171, extension 108. And either way, you'll get added to our map. So I encourage you, if you haven't checked it out, or maybe you just want to learn a little bit more about it, or you have questions, just check out our website. We've got so much good information on there. Fantastic. Uh, you mentioned that there were a number of, of bishops and even a cardinal who have endorsed this. Uh, can you give us an idea of who they are? Of course. So obviously, Bishop Strickland has been probably our biggest supporter, as this kind of was his, his idea. Um, but aside from Bishop Strickland, we've been endorsed by Cardinal Burke. We've been endorsed by Bishop Michael Sheridan, Bishop Joseph Brennan, Bishop Michael Burbage, Bishop Thomas Paprocki, and Bishop James Cecchio. And these are all, you know, I'm sure that there are more out there because we've been endorsed by a couple of different, di or not dioceses, uh, churches and priests throughout different dioceses. But these are the, kind of the big names that stick with people. So these are good ones. But we're very grateful and blessed that these bishops have taken the time to, to support our cause. Well, that's, that's really fantastic. And uh, I know you're, you're planning uh, some kind of, of an event, maybe going back on the Internet for a another webinar at some point. Yes. Yeah, so right now we're in the process of planning our anniversary webinar. Like we said, it's been almost a year since we launched and we've had such tremendous success that we wanted to host another event to just kind of draw more people in and to just update our current members of, you know, just what what exactly is going on. And so what we're planning is sometime in early October, we're going to have this anniversary webinar and we'll have a couple of different special guests, including Bishop Strickland. Um, but we've got a pretty big announcement that we're making that I'm, I'm really excited about and I can't give too much away, but it's a big announcement that I think is going to really, really uh, encourage people in the in the movement. So it's, it's really exciting. It's a big announcement and it's definitely something that people are going to want to tune into, whether you've been a part of the Marion Blue Wave since the beginning or you're just hearing about it now on the radio for the first time. This webinar is definitely something that you're going to want to you're going to want to keep an eye out for. It's going to be good. Well, I, that sounds enticing. Uh, and so, if any of my listeners, if if you've not yet signed up for the Marion Blue Wave, 
and uh, you're thinking about doing it, this would be a great time to do it because um, I know since I, I'm signed up for the Marion Blue Wave, I know, Katie, you send out a an email once a week um, mm-hmm. giving information, uh, updates, and reminding people to, to say their rosary that week. Um, and so if, if people will sign up by any of the ways that Katie has mentioned, then you can send them uh, an email and let them know when this big announcement is going to be made and, and the specific date, et cetera. Absolutely. We're going to have plenty of information ahead of time, so there's no need to worry about missing it or anything. We're going to keep everybody informed. Um, but maybe you have you know, questions about the Marion Blue Wave in general or just want to learn more information before you decide to commit. And anybody who's listening could feel free to give me a call at the number I mentioned before or to email me here at the office. My email is kbrown at all.org. And I'd be happy to answer any questions or to just give anybody more information about the Marion Blue Wave. Fantastic. You know, you... you uh are the the director of the Marion Blue Wave for American Life League. It's only, you know, less than a year old right now. Um, you get, you've been involved since the beginning. What what do you think are the major takeaways that you have from from your involvement? What what has struck you the most or, you know, what what, what do you think uh, of the Marion Blue Wave at this point? Well, I think one of the most powerful things that I've taken away from this so far is just the amount of people that have such a special dedication to our Blessed Mother. You know, when you start a new project like this, you know, you don't always know exactly how it's going to go. And I think that that's kind of how we were when we started the Marian Blue Wave is, you know, it, it could blow up or it could, you know, maybe we'll get 10 or 15 people to sign up. It could go either way. So when it first started, I think I was extremely struck and just humbled by the amount of support we got but by the amount of support we got from people who just had such an intense dedication to our Blessed Mother. And one of the things that's really special about the Marian Blue Wave is it's a program designed to and basically end abortion. Um, and it's, a, it's an approach that doesn't rely on politics. You know, it's an approach that doesn't rely on this person changing this law and, and, you know, campaigning for different things. It's something that puts all of our faith in the Blessed Mother bringing this petition to her son, to our Lord. So I think that that's something that is just extremely unique and special about this program that, honestly, I haven't really seen. And I've been in the pro-life movement for a very long time, and I haven't seen anything really very similar to this. So I think that that is one of the things that really really uh, resonates with people when they hear about us, because especially with Catholics and Christians who are in the, in the fight to end abortion, this is something that is very near and dear to all of our hearts. You know, the Blessed Mother is our number one champion when it comes to this. So this is just a very unique and different approach to ending abortion. And I think that that really is special to a lot of people. Well, that's, that's terrific. Um, I'm going I'm going to ask you, um, in a second to, to, uh, for any last message to, to our listeners. But before I do that, uh, would you just give one more time, uh, the contact information for people to sign up or to get in touch with you? Of course. So if you'd like to sign up online, Again, visit our website, which is marionbluewave.com. And we're also on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram. So if you want to check out any of our social media websites, we are on all of those as well. Um, And again, just search Marion Blue Wave and we'll come right up. But if you'd like to sign up and maybe you don't have internet access, feel free to give me a call anytime. And my number here at our office is 540-659-4171, extension 108. Or if you'd like to just ask any questions or if you'd like more information about the Marion Blue Wave, you know, feel free to give me a call or you can send me an email. My email is kbrown at all.org. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, we're going to we're looking forward to uh, to October and uh, and when you set the date for your uh, special 
uh, big announcement. We will certainly let our listeners know about that at that time. Um, do you have any any last words uh, that you would just like to leave with with our audience today? I just really encourage anybody to check out their, our website um, or to contact me if you have any questions or or any you know any concerns or anything like that. I'd just be happy to answer anybody's questions, you know, to give anybody some more information because this is just such a, a special program that I, I like I said before is very unique and something that we haven't really seen before. Um, so I just invite everybody to check us out. You know, give me a call if you have any more questions, and we just we'd love to add you to our map. We'd love to add you to our wave and and abortion and Planned Parenthood in this country. Well, that's fantastic, Katie. Thank you for for being on our show, and we'll look forward to having you back on um, as things develop. Of course. Thank you so much for having me, Jim. Okay. All right. That was Katie Brown, the director of the Marion Blue Wave Project at American Life League. And, uh, of course, we... uh, we uh, like to bring you that, that information, especially since we broadcast here on Radio Maria, the, our, our ladies' radio station. Um, and so we, we hope that uh, this piques your interest. If you have not yet joined, um, Katie has given you a, a lot of different ways to join, even if you don't have a computer. Um, you can just call her on, on the American Life League phone number. So uh, we hope that uh, all of you will join and, and we'll be saying a rosary a week for the intentions of the Marian Blue Wave. Um, And you can do that, of course, on your own, um, but then you won't be added to our map. And, of course, it's it's the map that has motivated a lot of people to join when they see, you know, all of these uh, little figures on the map. And I will um, let you know that there is no identifying information on the map. Uh, the, The map simply places a figure um, in the city in which you you uh, you give us to, that you live, and but there's no identifying information, and that's done in, intentionally to protect your privacy. Uh, we we don't want you know people focusing in or, or uh, anything else. So it's just a stick figure that goes up there. But I you know we guarantee you that every one of those stick figures um, are where. Uh, people have signed up, and and when you look at the map, you you will just see just how many people are out there. Over three thousand um, in less than a year, so it, it is really something. Okay, I, I want to switch to 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 a different topic right now, uh, and and the topic I want to switch to just for a couple of minutes here is this week on September the uh, the fifteenth, uh, the Catholic Church celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And, uh, uh, of course, it's, it's one of the Marian feasts throughout the year. Uh, we have a lot of them in, in, in the Catholic Church, rightfully so. Uh, but when I talk to people about the Feast of, of Our Lady of Sorrows, they don't seem to understand uh, what it's all about. What do you mean, you know, Mary, Our Lady of Sorrows? And so uh, there, are, there are the Church has identified seven specific sorrows that Mary um, experienced in her life. Uh, that leads us to have this feast day of Our Lady of Sorrows. And I just want to quickly, I won't give you a long explanation on each one of them, but just to quickly remind everybody of the seven sorrows of Mary. Um, The first sorrow of Mary that we talk about, if you will recall, um, after Jesus was born, when the the amount of time needed had passed, uh, Mary and Joseph brought uh, Jesus to the temple um, to, to have his presentation uh, of Jesus at the temple where he was presented to God by the, by the Jewish um, rabbis. Um, and, and at that 
event when she was there. And of course, it's it's you know, it's not the same thing, but you, you can kind of equate it to baptism in the Catholic Church. You know, it's the first time the, the child is brought to the church and, and there's a celebration and that the, the presentation would have been a celebration like that. Uh, but when she was there, Mary meant a, a prophet uh, named Simeon. And Simeon had been promised by God that he would not die until he had seen the Christ child. And, of course, this was the day that Simeon saw the Christ child. And in terms of that day, Simeon had a conversation with Mary in which he revealed what Jesus's life would be like and what Jesus's death would be like. And, you know. The, the gospel describes this very simply as Simeon say, saying that, that at Christ's death, a sword of sorrow would pierce Mary. And, and you know, there are different discussions within the church as to how deeply Simeon got into the details of, of the passion and, and the crucifixion. But certainly he did mention that and he did talk about that. And of course, that, you know, just the knowledge that your son is going to die that way is 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 a sorrow i mean it's something sorrowful and and many writers point out that as as jesus grew up and uh, and mary took care of him as his mother um, that mary at various times you know would recall what simeon had said and you know that when she gave jesus a bath for example and was drying him off at the bath and was looking at his feet and at his hands that the, the she would recall that simeon had said that they would be pierced with nails and and so there was this sorrow that mary lived with uh, throughout her life uh, the second sorrow that the church points out is the flight into egypt um, we know that that uh, herod had had you know sent out people to kill every male child under the age of two to try to get rid of Jesus. And so an angel came in the night to Joseph and said, you got to get Jesus and Mary out of here. And so they, they went to Egypt. Well, Egypt was a foreign country, of course. They were strangers in a foreign country. They had to live there for many years until Herod had died. Um, and and had to you know make their way there and and there are different accounts of whether they were she, they were able to find a Jewish community um, that they could live in or whether they were basically on their own but they were in fact um, people in a foreign country trying to deal well with what everything was going on for for many years and not in their own home not amongst their family um, so so this also. Uh, is is a sorrow of Mary, which is commemorated by the church. Um, the, the next one, that the, the third one that the church commemorates is, is something that uh, uh, we remember also in our sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. And that is when Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem and Mary and Joseph were searching for him and not knowing where he was. And the, the terror that, that gripped their hearts as they tried to find Jesus, um, and, and they searched for him for three days. Now, I, I can't imagine, you know, what that would be like, but I can tell you that as, as uh, our children were, were growing up, we had two young uh, 
well, I'll call them teenagers. One was one was 12, one was 13. Um, but they were they were at a park one day, not far from our house, and they had their bicycles and they wanted to ride home alone. So we we went back to the house and we waited for them to show up on their bicycles and they never showed up, uh, at least not for a long while. And of course, we started to get concerned and we went out looking for them. And we looked at all of the roads between where they were in our house. We couldn't find them. And then finally, about three hours later, they showed up. And it turns out that they had uh, taken a wrong turn and gone down the wrong road and actually were traveling away from our house. And we knew what we felt like for a couple of hours, you know, what did what did Mary and Joseph feel like for three days? Um, it is it is you know unthinkable. But there there is some sorrow. The next thing that the church points out, which was also pointed out very well in the Mel Gibson film, The Passion of the Christ, if you've if you've seen that, was when Mary met Jesus during his passion, during the way of the cross, as Jesus was walking up to the place where he was going to be crucified, carrying that heavy cross. And Mary met him as he fell. And the Bible describes how Jesus looked into Mary's eyes and Mary looked into Jesus's eyes. And in the film, The the Passion of the Christ, Mel Gibson at that point has Mary remembering when Jesus was a young boy and playing in the field and fell in the field. And it was just a moment of love between mother and son. A time of sorrow for Mary. And then the rest takes place, the other three sorrows that are commemorated by the church takes place at the crucifixion. First of all, with Mary standing at the foot of the cross with the Apostle John. Everybody else basically had left. Uh, By everybody else, I mean the rest of his disciples had abandoned him. But there was Mary at the foot of the cross praying, looking up at her son dying in such a horrible manner. And then after Jesus had died, they took Jesus down from the cross and they laid him in Mary's arms. This is depicted by the painting and statue known as the Pieta. If you go to to Rome and you're in St. Peter's, you will see the original Pieta, which is Jesus laying in the arms of his mother with his arms outstretched from his side because he had been hanging on the cross and his arms had been pulled out of his arm sockets. And as described in some booklets, his eyes were still open and she closed his eyes with her hands. And then finally, there was the burial of Jesus with Mary there, seeing the body of her son who had been prepared for burial, put into the tomb and the rock rolled in front of it. And there are descriptions uh, uh, saying that, that she was, you know, beyond consolation at that point. She, she was just crying. And, and, you know, remember, all of this happened. All of this passion happened in less than 24 hours. Right? 20, less than 24 hours after Jesus was put in his tomb, he was at the Last Supper and enjoying a meal. And then all of the passion and death and burial took place less than 24 hours from that. And Mary had to go through that. So this is what, they, they, when, we, when we celebrate or commemorate, rather, the, the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, this is what we're commemorating. We're commemorating Mary's life, which was filled with sorrow. It obviously had, had good times, and, and as every life does, and it acts, you know, the fact that she was the mother of the 
son of God, the mother of God, Jesus, the second person of the Blessed Trinity. She was his mother. And of course, after the crucifixion and death, she was on earth for another almost 20 years before she herself was assumed into heaven. So when we think about Mary and we think about the sorrows that we undergo in our lives, please understand that Mary went through her sorrows, very severe sorrows. And when you're going through things in your life that are bringing you sorrow, call on our Blessed Mother. She knows all about it. Ask for her help. Ask her to pour God's graces on you to allow you to get through the sorrowful moments in your life. And they can be caused by any number of things, including the death of relatives or children, um, the deaths of parents, uh, other sorrowful things that don't necessarily involve death. All of these happen to us as we go through life. And it's always good to know that you can turn to Mary, the mother of God, our lady of sorrows. And you can talk to her and ask her for assistance because she knows what you're going through. She went through it herself. And remember, she is not a deity. She is a human being, just like you and me are human beings. Now, she was the most perfect of human beings, but she experienced sorrow. And we experience sorrow. And she can relate to that and can help us. So please, please do that. Okay, uh, my name is Jim Sedlak, and you're listening to Pro-Life Activism from Creation to Death on RadioMaria.us, a Christian voice in your home. We've been talking about the Marian Blue Wave and talking about the, the uh, Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and we want to change direction here a little bit. We want to talk about activism, right? We're always, you know, pro-life activism, Right. There's an opportunity for you starting this coming Wednesday to participate in one of the, the, the great activisms of our time. It's called 40 Days for Life. And 40 Days for Life began in 2007 in a little town in Texas, in Brazos Valley, Texas, outside of a Planned Parenthood facility. And it has grown into a worldwide movement and it goes, as the name would imply, it goes for 40 days consecutively. So it starts this year on Wednesday, September the 23rd, and will end on Sunday, November the 1st, which happens to be two days before the presidential election. So it is a good time, the 40 days for life, for you to join with other pro-lifers outside of primarily abortion facilities across the country um, and, and to pray and to pray for not only the mothers who may be coming there to abort their children, not only for the babies, but for all of the abortion workers. We need to pray. We need to, to be out there. And, and, and of course, in this days of, of the pandemic, there are people wondering about being out there, but, but you know, it's outside. You are outdoors. And so it, it is not difficult to do the, dis the social distancing and to, to stay, you know, six feet apart and to uh, understand that, uh, you know, you're, you're out there for a purpose. And the purpose is prayer. It's meditation. It's, it's all of the, uh, the things that you can do without 
engaging with with other people, you know, very close up. And so we encourage you to do that. Now, just to give you some numbers, um, this year, or I should say that 40 Days for Life happens twice a year. It happens in the spring, the 40 days before Easter, and it happens in the fall, uh, the 40 days before uh, that, that ends on the first Sunday in, in November. And so it starts in September, ends in November. So um, this year uh, at, at this fall, 40 Days for Life, there will be a presence at 588 different facilities all across the world, most of them here in the United States. But there are some that occur in other parts of the world also. If you go to the 40 Days for Life website, which is simply 40 Days for Life, and 40 is the number 40, 40daysforlife.com, you will be able to find on their website a map showing the exact location of every one of the um, places where there is going to be the 40 Days for Life services out front. They will, you will find the times, the days, all of the information there, um, and 588 locations. Now, going into the 40 Days for Life, uh, the cumulative number uh, since the beginning in 2007, the 40 Days for Life people have recorded 17,000 226 lives saved by people who have been talking to mothers outside of abortion facilities during any of the 40 days for life activities. 17,226. They've seen 107 abortion facilities closed down. Places where they have conducted a 40 days for life, 107 of them have closed down so far. And as part of the work in praying for the abortion workers, they have found or have recorded 206 abortion workers quitting their jobs and finding other employment. So this is a very successful campaign. It happens twice a year. It's going to begin on this coming Wednesday, September the 23rd. It is an excellent thing to be involved in. We encourage you, please, to be involved in the 40 Days for Life efforts in and around your community. And as I said, you can find out exactly where in every state and in every foreign country. Uh, you go to 40 Days for Life. The 40 with the, is the number 40. 40daysforlife.com. And when you get there, um, you just uh, click on locations and you will get the map. And you will get a list of the locations you can put in your state and they will tell you exactly who to where to go, what times to be there. And, and in most cases, a place to sign up. Some of the 40 days for lives go 24 hours a day. And so if you say, well, I work all day long and I don't have a time to be there. If you have a time at 1 a.m. in the morning. And, and want to be there from 1 a.m. to 2 a.m. And many, many of the locations, uh, they are 24 hours a day. And, and they will tell you that when you click on the location. Uh, in others, they, they, they go for 12 hours a day. Um, and, and again, they will tell you that. So go find the locations near you. Click on them for information on exactly how many hours they run, what days they run, um, and all of the information. And then there usually is some place for you to sign up to, to take a spot if you will. If you are with a church, 
um, you can, a, a church can take a day and, and say, we'll take responsibility for having someone out there every hour of the day on Tuesday or on Thursday or whatever day. OK, so there's lots of ways to get involved. There's lots of ways to do, but it takes your action to go to 40 days and to join in this very, very good and profitable profitable from the saving of souls standpoint not from the money standpoint activity so we encourage you to do that okay um i'm going to to switch now to an activity that has been going on for a long time but it has been going on behind the scenes necessarily but is being revealed this weekend and we want to give you a little advance notice it, it actually uh will be revealed in 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 ocala florida uh, tomorrow, uh, but I talked to uh, we American Life League, and, and if any of you don't know, I work for American Life League. As you know, that's the the main thing I do. I fight Planned Parenthood. I do this radio show. Um, I do a lot of different things. But one of the things that I've been doing is working together um, with a group of people who are trying to end comprehensive sex education in the schools. And comprehensive sex education in the schools is a major major harm to our children. And I'm not going to go into all of that here. Just understand that uh, the, the whole idea, concept of comprehensive sex education is a concept dreamed up by the Planned Parenthood, um, pushed around the country and actually around the world by the International Planned Parenthood Federation and by an organization called SICUS, S-I-E-C-U-S, and if you asked me, you know, last year at this time, what does SICA stand for? You know, what is the name? Well, it was the Sexuality Information and Education Council of the United States. But last fall, they changed their official name. It's still SICA's, right? But they changed their official name and made their name more descriptive and actually more accurate than what it was before. And it is now called SICA's colon, sex ed for social change. Uh, you got that? Seekers, sex ed for social change. What they're admitting is all of this sexuality education that you've been hearing about and reading about and they've been arguing over, etc. They're admitting that the whole reason for this is social change. It is to get our kids to accept sexuality as nothing but fun. Okay, something they ought to be engaged in whenever they feel like they want to be engaged in it, whatever age they feel like. And so they have all of these programs for the schools that are very, very offensive programs, programs, for example, in one school that had a, in kindergarten. No, I'm sorry. First grade in first grade, they had a boy and a girl stand facing each other. Now, the boy and the girl are fully clothed and there's no touching but they stand facing each other and each must name all the parts of the other's bodies, including the genitals and the buttocks. OK, these are first graders. But this is the kind of program that they're pushing. There's all kinds of offensive um, drawings and, and material there um, just trying to get kids involved in, in sex. And so and there are a lot of groups across the country that are fighting this. But there is a group in Florida. And it's called Safe Ed K to 12, 
right? And they have a task force, and and American Life League has been part of that task force for for several months now. Uh, and they have a website, and their website is safeedk12.com. So it's S A F E E D K one two dot com safeedk12.com and if you go there you will find out all kinds of information about what these folks are doing and have been doing and what we've been doing as 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 part of this group that is is being made public actually i'm probably the first one to announce it publicly although tomorrow it will be out everywhere um and it is right now in the state of florida it is being headed up by by uh, 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 Beverly Kilmer, uh, who was a three-time member of the House of Representatives uh, in the state of Florida, right, and has lots of experience uh, working with the education community. And she is she is uh, the, the leader of the of this task force. It's a twenty-eight person task force, so um, it involves people not only from Florida but you know from around the country, including me in in Virginia. Um, and it's taking a an approach that we don't think has been taken at a at a coordinated level before. And all the information we get when we talk to people says, "Wow, that's a novel approach." That everybody, you know, well, not everybody, but let me say, people do fight Planned Parenthood and do fight sex education in the schools and do fight the fact that it's offensive. It is wrong education for children. It presents children with with the topics of sexuality at a much too younger age. All of this kind of stuff, which is all right, which is all correct and has stopped a lot of these programs in various school districts. The thrust of Safe Ed K-12 Task Force is that it's illegal. Presenting this material to the kids in our schools is illegal. And in the state of Florida, they went through not only the federal laws, but the state laws in the state of Florida and found a whole bevy of laws that make presenting this stuff to kids illegal. And they are asking that these programs be thrown out of the schools immediately because they are breaking the law. And, oh, yes, the, the, we expect the other side is going to try all kinds of, of gymnastics, verbal gymnastics, to try to say they're not, but they are. Okay? And, and we've had lawyers look at this. We've had a number of politicians look at this, look at the law, look at the programs and say, these are illegal. And that's the thrust. And so it's going to start in the state of Florida, but it is not going to end in the state of Florida. Uh, we expect this is going to spread to other states all over the country. Uh, there are members of the task force from various states, not just from Florida. And we, we think that this is going to be a movement that is going to go countrywide to get these programs ended because they are, in fact, illegal because they are imposing upon minor children, children under the age of 18, things which the law says they can't do. So it is going to be revealed tomorrow at a conference. And then starting on Monday for the next six weeks, there is going to be a statewide education with a caravan of, of cars traveling from city to city in the state of Florida. And they have a, a whole map out itinerary, uh, giving presentations, handing out information, et cetera, 
uh, over the next six weeks to call attention to this and to call upon the commissioner of education in the state of Florida to immediately ban all this material from their schools. And we're, we're praying that this is all very successful. So please know that this is going on. It is it is not just Florida. SafeEdK12.com is where you go to find out um, more information on what is going on here. Uh, in sometime in the next week or two, we're going to get Beverly Kilmer on our show to talk more about it and to talk about how the campaign is going in Florida. But we, we're going to be the first here to announce this to, to the world. Okay, one last thing. Um, it is 46 days before the presidential election. My question to you is, are you registered to vote? Because if you're not, you can't help decide who is the next president. Okay? Uh, you can find out. If you're not sure, you can find out by going to a website which is aptly named checkyourvoterregistration.com. Check C H E C K. Check your voter registration dot com. You go there, you give them some base information, um, and they come back and tell you whether or not you're registered. If you're registered, then you're all set. You you can vote um, on, on election day or earlier if you do a, a absentee ballot or early voting. Um, if you're not registered, then the next thing you do is go to vote dot gov. And it was the website that will tell you how to get registered. And what you do is you put in, you click on the state that you belong to, uh, where you live. It will bring you to the information to that state. It will tell you when is the last day that you can register. And some of those deadlines are, are coming up very quickly. Uh, and then you will be able to register online. So you go to checkyourvoterregistration.com to find out if you're already registered. And if you're not registered, then you go to vote.gov to register. It's very easy. It's very simple. But we're in the midst now of a presidential election campaign, not only electing the president, but electing every every member of the House of Representatives and one third of the United States Senate in this very important election. Um, there are Two candidates running. One is proclaimed very pro-life by the pro-life people. The other is is proclaimed very pro-abortion by the pro-abortion people. Um, it, it should not be hard for you to distinguish which candidate is pro-life and which is pro-abortion. Uh, and we ask you to vote for the pro-life people. Now, we're not going to tell you the name of the pro-life person. We're not going to tell you the party. Right? You can decide that. You make your choice individually. But we can tell you vote pro-life. Right? We need that. There are millions of babies dying every year here in the United States. We need to put an end to that slaughter that, that is going on. Okay. So that winds up uh, our show today. I want to thank you for, for being here with me. We hope that it's been an informative show for you. And we will end our program the way we always end our program. And that is by asking Mary, Mother of God, Spread the effect of grace of thy flame of love over all of humanity now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Thank you so much for listening.